Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I am your host, Kevin Cusack, and today I have a wonderful guest joining me this morning. He is one of the most iconic voices in the world of entertainment, having worked in radio, film, and TV. He has voiced numerous film trailers and commercials, plus has voiced characters such as Optimus Prime and Megatron in Transformers. And he is the only voice actor in the Transformers franchise to regularly play both Optimus Prime and Megatron. I am pleased to welcome to Hitting the High Note, David Kay. How are you doing today, David? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, and it is a pleasure to have you on Hitting the High Note today. It's good to be here, man. Good to be here. I, uh, it's, uh, I'm actually awake. Uh, thought I might have slept in, but I'd... <laughs> <laughs> after the uh, long holiday weekend, get used to sleeping in. Yeah. And uh, how was your holiday weekend, by the way? It was low-key, uh, really low-key, because um, I, I was just in Denver at uh, Fan Expo, and uh, there's been a lot of travel this year. Uh, some personal, but a lot of um, uh, bookings for for different uh, cons. And uh, if I have to turn around, I guess, is it next week? God, I think it's next week we got to go to Toronto for TF Con for a trend of the Transformers convention. So, um, so yeah, so I, 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 I yes, the last two days, uh, the goal was to do absolutely nothing. And I think that was accomplished <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. I didn't even see any fireworks. I literally, my daughter was visiting, we watched movies. I didn't even like, we heard them. Uh, but I was like, the, kind of like the first year I went, ah, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, same here. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was my, uh, that was Monday, Tuesday, because the weekend I was in Denver. Right on. And yeah, uh, same here with me. I didn't really get to see any fireworks last night because I had to work and I ran camera for four newscasts. So, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You don't see uh, when you're doing that. That's no. what I do. I used to, I started out doing that. I started out doing that. Uh, guy for, for local cable, I used to be behind the camera. I loved it uh, until, until uh, I got in trouble. I don't know how old I was when I was young. Um, it's called all volunteer work at that time, though. Uh, and there was some show, some guy was doing some show, and I started giggling with the other cameraman, and we were, we were, uh, we were fired from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not only that you worked uh, behind the camera, um, you know, for TV station and all that, you also did radio as a disc jockey. Yeah, that's, that's how everything started. It was, uh, what was the, I guess it was my hometown in Canada, uh, place called Peterborough, uh, in Ontario, about an hour and 20 minutes Northeast of Toronto. And, uh, I was in high school and was Letterman was hot at that time. Um, and, uh, I guess I was, well, how old was I? 17. I got my first gig on the air doing overnights on the weekends. And it was, um, you know, I was... It was so because I I grew up on on listening to radio as a kid, but the stations I used to listen to were from across the border. I always had this fascination with these big stations from Boston, uh, 
you could hear uh, at that time if you listen uh you know i call they call uh they called skip or something or you can at nighttime you can hear the signals if they're powerful enough wbz in boston wgn chicago uh there's a few big stations that i could i could listen to a lot of them were from upstate new york uh, which is closer i remember wpxy uh ogdensburg uh <laughs> somewhere up there and and we were exposed to Rochester Television, um, TV station with Irv Weinstein, Eyewitness News, WKBW-TV. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Dun, 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 dun. Topic tonight's Eyewitness News. It's Irv Weinstein, a fire in downtown Batavia, fire in downtown Tonawanda, and a fire in Chictawaga. That was always the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the Buffalo stuff. So I was always fascinated with, uh, with, um, you know, when I grew up in Canada, how the Americans, it was just sounded bigger. It sounded more important. And I used to listen to our little rinky dink station sometime. They sounded, I don't, at that time, I don't think they used uh, level doubles. They called her compression or whatever. Just, I don't know. For whatever reason, I had this fascination and uh, I became a fan of, you know, some of the uh, radio personalities. Just listen to air checks and, and that. And I got a job very young at 17, didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was working in a pro shop at the YMCA selling uh, squash rackets and racquetball rackets and squash balls, you know, stuff. And the morning man from our local station, John Mary Seen, used to come in all the time to the Y. He was a he was a man about town, but everyone knew John, real nice guy. And I used to, you know, sort of uh I was I was really interested in it. And I I asked if I don't know how actually how even the conversation went, but I was invited to the station to uh downtown to 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 look around and and uh I met the program director, Rick Johnson, and and they I, I don't even know how it sort of happened. They put me in a booth and they had me read some copy or some something. I don't know what it was. And uh next thing I knew, I was sort of offered the job to do all nights on weekends and train with the current all night guy. He was moving to uh, to evenings, and so I really had no experience. But it was that one person gave me a shot, you know. Um, and I thank John for that. I I, uh, um, I made made a point of thanking him. Uh, I'd seen him a little while a little while ago, back when I was visiting my folks up there, and uh, as to how important that was, because at that time that's that's why I started to develop. Listen to David Letterman, and I don't know. Uh, I was awful. I was horrible, and and uh, but but again, one person said yes, and that's really all you need. And um, you know, fast forward to '89 when I was in Vancouver, I'd had a few radio jobs at country radio near Detroit. I did uh, you know a few uh, a station near Ottawa in Canada, a um, little rinky dink outfit, um, and then. Uh, and in Vancouver, I got a chance to work with the morning zoo and do start doing characters. And I always reference the one I remember is Cowboy Dick. And it's Howdy Boys and Girls, Cowboy Dick. Woo! You know, I write up a, write a song and play around with that. And it became part of the zoo. And that's when things like uh TV shows, Stephen J. Cannell Studios was in town, and there was a lot of TV, uh, you know, movies and series being shot in the area. And then uh, also. Also, there were cartoons that were being recorded, and I had no idea. Deke Animation, you may remember. Uh, we always used to call it, stood for Done in Canada. Uh, their offices were just in, in Burbank, or in, um, yeah, in Burbank, uh, the head office at one time. 
and it was GI Joe. And that's when I was doing mornings, I had all afternoon sort of dull day to kind of do nothing or, you know, work on the, I don't know what I was doing, but, but I, I was bored and I, I took, I took a commercial modeling course and I got my first agent from that. And he said, do you know how to do voices? And I, I, I lied. And, uh, I always tell this story cause I literally, I don't know what he's talking about. I said, sure. He said, well, there's an audition for GI Joe. And I went, you mean like, like, you know, the dolls I have at home. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> And I, I had all the doll. I had all the, you know, comics and I had all the stuff. And I was, I, at that time, I was collecting comics like Marvel and DC, all of them. I had all this stuff. And I said, sure. Like, I didn't know they were doing cartoons in in, in Vancouver at that time. Um, and it became this this uh, hub industry of uh, what was going on down here. I guess I could do it cheaper up there. I, I'm not really sure. You know, I never asked a lot of questions. So I was just thrilled to be going in to read. And, and I booked it somehow for the part of General Hawk. And it was, uh, yo, Joe, quick, follow me toward the danger. Come on, boys, let's get, you know, it was just all that nonsense. And and somehow they they hired me. And I was in that series with Chris Lotta and, and and some of the Canadian cast. And and that was the beginning of the end of my radio career because I thought, oh, well, I don't really want to do that anymore because that's, that's just not, I, I want to do this. How do I? And that began the eventual, like, you know, started taking improv and theater and all I could to how do I, how do I get good at this? How do I stay in it? And then anime would you come to Vancouver, the ocean group, um, proto man and, and, uh, Rama one half. And, and then Inuyasha was cast. They cast me as Shomaru. And I basically just did me just really relaxed. Hey, you know, jockin shut up jockin and they hired me for that and then still as this in denver in the it was, it was like what was that do you remember that yeah uh, was it 99 i don't know it was before it's uh in the 90s right Must yeah have. yeah and, and so it's so i never really thought about it and they paid us like two dollars and 78 cents a line and I had, well you know whatever it's it's cartoons um uh freely always paid better when it wasn't drawn but it was fun. Just go in, you'd hang out, and have a lot of laughs, and do the, or do the role. And it was it was it was animation. Um, and then fast forward, here I am doing these you know these conventions, just fan expo, and all these different things, anime conventions, and that those 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 characters are you know, uh, Darius right there. There he is. I got my hand over his eye <clears throat> with this with, with the sword, and um. Yeah, it's as popular as ever. They have pops and and uh, <laughs> it's just mind blowing. So there you go. You never you never really know where these things are gonna go. Um, all I can say, man, is it's just been so much fun. Like it's just every day is a is a is a treat, you know. Um, and it all came from from radio. So that's that's the story in a you know in a nutshell about how it all sort of began very fascinating it is to me too i don't know how <laughs> it's like still think someone's gonna find out i really really don't know what i'm doing and they're gonna call me you know what Kay? yeah yeah you've had a good run but <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah yeah man it was, it was cool it still is cool it's this there's so many things i got some nice projects working on i can't tell you anything about which uh, really sucks um because they're all very, very recent and fun um uh, what's the last thing uh i i, I, I gosh I, I gotta 
I got to talk to my publicist about that. What can I say? What can I say? He was. Yeah. And uh, one of the voices that you did was Clink from Ratchet and Clink. Oh, of course it was. Yes. And that was a big deal this weekend, too, in Denver and, and in Dallas. And and I still have, I see, I'm surrounded by toys. This one is, the, the arm is off this. There it is. And you can see it in the camera. It's clank because there's just no arms because they keep falling off and breaking. Um, but yeah, uh, who who knew? Again, I got a paragraph. I'm still living in camp, still commuting. And I got a paragraph in my studio there. And uh, and it gave a description. It's a robot, but we don't want him to sound like a robot. We want him to sound like he has a personality, but we don't want him to sound, to sound too robotic. And I just started talking like this. My head would go back and forth. I still think that's why I have neck problems, because him and Ford Kruller, um, I have to do. Uh... But Clank was just this wonderful little, you know, person. And and uh, he, again, how many years now? It's 20 some odd years now We've since I started doing that. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, I have, I have a neck issue because my head just goes back and forth if I'm doing the character properly. And, and re recently from Psychonauts, I fall curly, kind of down in here like that. You know, and, and I crunch my neck and I go, oh, no wonder it's like there's weird stuff going on here. <laughs> the hazards of VO. And that's, uh, I, yeah, I was over 20 years ago and still. And people ask me this weekend, uh, can you tell us? Like, well, of course, I can't tell you anything. But even if I knew, I, I couldn't tell you. But uh, I always say, look, you know, it's such a, a popular franchise. Um, I'm sure there's a back room somewhere where they're, you know, plotting, plotting to take over the world with the next one. But the, but 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 it's been it's been a what a fun ride that's been, you know, too, just to come up with these characters. Now you've voiced so many characters. And what has been the most challenging voice that you have voiced? Oh, there's a lot. I love them all. There was one in Ben 10 Omniverse. Uh, blast. Even when I do it now, I start. Because <laughs> that's, you know, I'm, if, if I made the mistake of coming up with that in the audition, I think that was maybe thrown at me once. So uh, that I was actually thinking about doing Ben 10 is you have to be able to be versatile enough to do all these characters. You're going to get, they're going to throw them at you. But, uh, cannibal, you know, cannibal was still in here. Hey, um, Jock Squatch, he was like based after my uncle there. Hello, hey, from Canada there, right? And, uh, um, uh, the Huntsman is very calm. He's a bit significant and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But Heat Blast came around and thought, well, God, Heat Blast. I think Steve Bloom or somebody did him before in another series. And I thought, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I just started talking. And they did, yeah, that's it. And I went, oh, no, because then you got to do that now. And I was always, I had like, I always drink a lot, a lot of water in the studio. Um, and that was always the one I was like, ah. Um, I try not to scream too much anymore. Um is one second you're doing animation, one second you're doing trailers, you know, and it's this sort of thing, you know, storyteller. And you have to have, you have to keep that, you know, be careful with that. So I try not to do anything that involves a lot of screaming and yelling. Uh, but yeah, I would say out of all of them, I think Heat Blast from Omniverse was like one I went, ah, oh, yeah, why did I do that? Uh, the other one, which I didn't have trouble with, but I, I you, you know, uh, D. Bradley Baker, you know, teaches us all to don't forget you, you can use different parts of your face. And and for um, 
TF Prime and uh, Hard Shell. I looked at the picture and went, well, he's an insect, Insecticon. So I, I grabbed my chin like this and pulled up here. I gave him and mandibles, uh, you know, Hard Shell. I tried to keep away from from Megatron, but 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 I've realized that in the session I have to do this, and so you know after you, you you're finished, your jaw hurts. So, so whatever you do in the audition, and then you get booked, you better be able to do the same thing in the session. But uh, yeah, good question. I never really thought about that. I love them all, but Heat Blast was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really tough voice to do. Yeah, because it's all just pushing air and straining your cords, you know, and that's not really what you really want to do. No, it's not at all. No. Speaking of which, what a... I go through about a gallon, <laughs> gallon a day. So. Yeah, and speaking of some of the trailers that you've voiced, you voiced the Field of Dreams game on Fox. Oh, the uh, the, yeah, the... Uh... Gosh, yeah, that one. Um, mm-hmm. st- that's real storyteller. I mean, trailer. You know, you're selling a movie, but you're you you don't want to sell it. It's very very narration. Every, and that was uh, one of those things where you really have to. It has to be truthful. Anything you do has to sound. Uh, you know, the, the, it has to be a real. If you're putting on a voice, or you're uh, a part of yourself, or you're doing some sort of character, the character has to be rooted in truth. You know, it has to have a heartbeat and has to laugh and cry and be able to. It's a, it's you're creating a, a being that has a, has a soul. I always tell people, and 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 my goal uh, as I get older and, and and you're throwing different parts is to make them as is try and make them as real as humanly possible. And that was such a well written piece. The writing is so key. It's so important to these things. Um, and it was well written. The uh, folks at Fox Sports and, and I've done some stuff at CBS Sports. They, they have a, a the writing is amazing. Um, and it was so. What happens is you get that, and you go, "Oh, this this is first of all, you go, oh, these this is great. This would be fun to do. It's the it's the classic, you know, and the cornfield based on the Kevin Costner movie. And it's and so you listen to the you you watch the you the uh, clips or you watch the old trailer, or you watch, they sometimes send you the music that they're going to use, and that's really helpful. Um, and you really sort of picture yourself sitting on at this, at the big house with the big wraparound um, porch, you know, and, and you, can, you, you literally you have to hear the, you hear the cicadas, or you hear the crickets at night, and you, you know, to, to the point where you literally, um, envision what it's like when the sun goes down and the dew starts to form i mean you have to have like a real uh picture in your mind your imagination is is key and you're this person you're this older gentleman who's sitting on the on the porch in his chair thinking about you know when he was a kid so that that's that's a that's a real person that's a real moment that's a um so you know it's got emotion in it it's got uh memory so you have to really do the, the do it justice so for whatever reason it took a few times to get in there but you have to it has to be uh i don't know i just i just um i, I love doing it because it was a real what do you call it a uh um it's uh a test for me to see how far and how how good i can do this and how well i can um it's always a a, a a competition between me and myself 
of, uh, you know, how, do, how good can I make this or how, how far can I go? Where can I take it? Um, but yeah, man, that was so much fun. And I got to give credit where credit is due. If the writing is not there, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. You can't sort of, you know, pay, close your eyes and, and I'll, I'll, I'll memorize the line sometimes so I can just sort of think about where I am and, and deliver that story. Cause it is a, a story. And, uh, and that was fun. I, I, I don't listen to a lot of stuff I've done. I, I haven't seen very many, I mean, literally people, this is one of my most, you know, famous characters, Megatron from Beast Wars and, and God bless him. There you go. Um, yes. Um, but I, I've never seen a complete series I've, I've seen snippets of shows. I've seen the, the most, most I've ever watched on a, on a cartoon uh, series I've done was the latest He-Man Masters of the Universe, uh, where I play uh, a battle cat, Adam's protector. And I, I, I enjoyed doing the Liam Neeson sort of uh, Liam from Game of Thrones thing, a combination. I, I just enjoyed. And I, I start, sat down watching. Well, this is actually pretty good. And I, really, I really like it. It's well done. And I've watched five of them. But I just don't like to watch me or hear me because I'm always I think think I'm going to be disappointed. But that baseball thing, and a few trailers I've done in the past, I listened to it over and over. And went, yeah, that's it. That's that's where I want to. That's where I want to live. You know. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I'm weird that way. So you know. So people ask me if I've certain seen certain episodes, and more likely not. I just I'm uncomfortable with it. <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> oh yeah definitely like i get that um because yeah like sometimes like i would do episodes and i don't you know listen to it the whole uh duration because yeah, I know. it's yeah. like oh no am i gonna sound good you know but yeah i mean you, people you do, like you do, it you do, sound, you do sound good you're very calm you're, you're, you're very good at your uh you're very good at it i i just i just you know i just prefer not to watch something with me in it when i could be watching something else inspiring <laughs> yeah like you uh started out in um radio i was a uh, disc jockey at the uh, blaze radio at well the walter cronkite school at arizona state oh wow yeah so one of my favorite people tonight uh yeah the president is dead he has this sort of thing, Walter Cronkite. I read his book, if you ever read his book. Um, but uh, those old news guys, I love doing the old news guys. This is Walter Cronkite. Has this, you know, the voice of at those times, they were the, they were the voices. They were the, you know, um, and, uh, I used to do like that. Tom Brokham, he said, not only news, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, who was the other one? There's a couple of guys. This, this is Ted Koppel tonight on Nightline. You know, they had this rhythm and I, I still did that. There's a current series and doing the Andy Samberg series, uh, Digman. And I play a newscaster and it's basically roughly loose, base, loosely uh, based on that sort of Cronkite character. Um, and, uh, and yes, Rip Digman, you know, that sort of thing in here. Um, and it's always kind of fun to play. Again, there goes the neck. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have an MRI because it's the cartoons. Oh uh, yeah, you do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So did that for a little bit, and then graduated, and then started hitting the high note. Cool. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. This is good. I yeah. love the uh, I love the title of the show, man. Thank you. Excellent. 
Yeah. And uh, you're the second voice actor I've had on the show. Oh, my God. Who was the first? Daniel Roth. Dan, Daniel? Oh, my God. I, I have to call him today, actually. It's been <laughs> a long time. Him and I, God, he was a guy when I was in tra doing Transformers. Uh, was it animated or Beast Wars or something? He, he, um, I met him years and years ago in Cincinnati, and uh, I knew his work. And I, and I, and I said, this kid, this kid's, this kid's uh, for real. And sure shit, man, he uh, he's he's doing all right. He's came out here and he's um, uh, making people proud. He, he's he's a real he's so I I love it. And I, he's he's like into it and, and he's so um, uh, diligent and, and so great at social media. And I'm so not <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't do that. I guess too much. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch television, and certainly not anything that I'm in. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, good choice. Yeah. yeah, I interviewed him last year at Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida. Oh, Pensacola, were you there? Was that was that? I mean, this year or that or last last year? It was, was last last year. Last year. Um, I, I had never this I had, year. I had never been sick. I didn't even get COVID, and I hadn't been sick for you know before before that. And I thought, okay, well, I'm feeling pretty good. And then we went to Pensacola, Florida, and I came home and something's, something's wrong. I didn't even know how to be. I thought, oh, here it is. This is it. You know, a test. Four days in a row, nothing, nothing. And I finally went. It was strep throat. And oh, it, was wow. like it took me about a month to just get completely clean of it. And uh, thanks to good old Pensacon. <laughs> uh, but it was such a great time there. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah, Pensacon is pretty fun. Yeah, it's packed. I, I'm not used to saying a lot of people. I'm not used to a lot of people, and I it takes a lot for me to to go to these conventions. Uh, people don't realize, and I I love it. I, you know, it's great to see the fans because it's a chance to give back. But it, it takes it takes you know some some mental effort on my part to to be around a, a ton of people because uh, I mean one of I'm one of those introvert extroverts. Is it or the other way around? I can't know. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, because I'm totally fine and I'm totally ha happy if I was just by myself or with the, very close to my wife or so, you know. But once there's a lot of people, it's like, okay, here we go. All right, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those too. God, I'm a, I'm a basket case. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, come the revolution. I get like I'm that out. too. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, where's the? I'm doing a voiceover for the Navy SEAL Foundation here, at Beverly Hills, about a month and a month, month or so ago. And I just do the, I just, I'm, I'm, you know, the voice, like, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. You know, welcome to the stage. It, it, one of those things, and, and it's a Navy SEAL Foundation. And the Navy SEALs come out and people making speeches. I'm thinking, these guys and these women are completely different animals. This is another planet. This is, you know. Uh, I'm just so amazed at what they what they do and the training and good lord. Um, so you feel very, very inferior and and very safe in a room like that. And the next day, the guy that, that they presented uh, the keynote speaker and they presented him with the you know the uh, like um, I can't remember the you know it was a particular award, but he was a keynote speaker. And the next day, so funny, I get an audition for a for um an unknown, you know, uh, project and his picture 
and the description of the type of character, his picture and his name. I saw the name on his on his uh, his fatigues. He's standing there like, you know, like that. You know, he's just like looking just he's got that big military, you know, not the, 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 the jar head thing. And I think, oh, my God, that's the guy. Literally, that's the guy. So I had an idea of what, of course, I couldn't pull that off because I can't, you know, um, but uh, it was a description of the exact person <laughs> I saw. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worthy. Not worthy. <laughs> Going back to like film, you were also in the movie Happy Gilmore as a reporter. What was that experience like? Lord. Um, there was a lot of laughing. I remember there's a lot of laughing because we were, uh, that's when I was still living up north. It was filmed out in Maple Ridge outside Vancouver. There was a couple of golf courses. Um, and I worked with Chris McDonald that day. And we were all laughing. Um, Dennis Dugan, who's uh, who directed all those movies, or, and, and, and Adam Sandler. Because I had a bunch of my friends that were cast and on this. So, so we were hanging out and having a ball laughing and to and, and i think sandler i think they were kind of pissed off because what are these going what are they laughing about what are they, we'll have such a good time and uh and i did the uh you know the reporter thing and then many years later uh, i guess maybe 2017 2016 17 17 uh we did an episode of uh uh, 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 uh what's the show called i have a poster oh yeah the regular show and uh, I was in the cast that day, did a bunch of episodes. And who walks in? Chris McDonald. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was, yeah. I said, hey, Chris, you don't remember, but uh, uh, David Kay, I was your reporter. He goes, oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it was a good time, huh? I go, yeah, it was. It was So uh, many years later, he did remember uh, me. But I remember, uh, I remember having, like, this amazing, you know, smoked salmon and dinner and I had two days on set and it was uh, one of the easiest gigs I've ever had. And it was just a lot of laughing. That's what I remember. And you worked with John Oliver. What's that experience like? Well, I do that here from the studio right now at the writer's strike. Nobody's doing anything. Uh, um, but uh, that was a originally an HBO promo audition. My manager from New York sent where I was to be the voice of the promos. This summer, a new show, you know, just one of those promo voices on HBO. And I uh, booked it. And I said, oh, cool. And um, I'm watching TV one night, and I think I was watching Game of Thrones. And the promo came on for for this new show. And I, hey, Maria, Maria, come, here's the promo. And it was, wasn't my voice. And I go, ah, and the voice is great. I can't remember who it was, um, but, you know, great, great. I said, well, I guess I'm not doing that. And I texted my agent and just like said, oh, well, I guess it's not me. I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he called me right after and he said, uh, hey, DK. Uh, yeah, listen, um, I yeah, they say they just went a different direction, but they 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 reached out to me wanting to know if you want to be part of the show. And I go, well, what do you mean? She said, well, they want to know if you want to do some in-show stuff. And uh, that means, like, could you work on a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday? And I went, oh. I don't know, because kind of sacred time where I like to do nothing for two days. But I said, well, we'll give it a shot. And it turned into that. And it turned into the closest thing I'll ever get to an Emmy. And I was able to hold the Emmy Award, the show won a couple of times. And it's heavy. And I got to talk to John, went to the rap parties. And I, you know, talked to the people behind the scenes. Really, really cool. You know, I, I, the investigative journalists are always my favorite to talk to because they're fascinating because they, they go they go deep. 
Um, and uh, I just, yeah, it's just the, the show, the people, the writers, um, it's so much fun. And I can't wait to, you know, to get back. I'm hoping that they, they settle the, the writer's strike. I'm, I'm expecting a long haul here. You know, this, this AI thing and this, this, you know, um, I mean, look, I'm a big fan of writers as, as you probably gathered from my, what I've talked about so far. So I'm, I'm, I want them to get what they, they deserve and I'm, I'm behind them all the way. Uh, it's just scary for some people in the industry that, uh, you know, um, with this long layoff, there's stuff that still can be done, but the longer it goes, uh, the worse it gets. And yeah, you, you feel for people out there because uh, the industry is changing. AI, we have no idea what's coming, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. So, um, so yeah, I mean, people can replicate my voice, anybody's voice. They can do the new Transformer toys. I mean, uh, Peter Collins' voice. I mean, they, you know, he, Peter gets gets paid, uh, you know, for that, but you know, these toys, uh, they're going to, these are robots now and they're going to, you're going to put them down and you, maybe you, some people have seen them that they, they transform on their own and dance and they do everything they speak. You just sit back and watch this little being, you know, do his thing. It's insane. So yeah. Um, it's a long winded answer, <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so I basically, you know, there's no more new stuff until the writers, uh, does they come to some sort of an agreement, I guess, but I, I, I miss doing it, but it's so much fun to do last week tonight. And how is this still a thing? I wish they'd do more of those. I really like that yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you played Duckworth on DuckTales. Yes. Duckworth. Of course. My dear friend, he comes back. He's a ghost. I didn't think how to wonder how they were going to do that. And they did. I always get thrilled to do anything Disney. I get so um, nervous whenever I had to go to Disney. If I ever I had a call back, I think, okay, this is the one. And I'd go on when you, you know, go walk on the lot, the Disney lot in, uh, in Burbank. And then you're looking up and you're going into the animations and you look up and there's the, the dwarves are all way up there looking at you. And they're all, uh, you know, star staring you down. And I always used to get so freaked out, yeah, because you you want it so bad to just you know you it, it, it is a Canadianism um, called gripping the gripping the stick too tight there, eh? Uh, it's got to be like jazz, um, you know, when you grip the stick too tight, you're not you're not loose, and that's what I always felt like going into Disney. Is every freaking time I go in, you know, you just wanted to be loose, but you're just like trying too hard. <laughs> And it's just <laughs> so, um, see, yeah, uh, that was so nice. Uh, Matt Youngberg and the crew, um, and 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 you know, reached out, uh, and and hired me as Duckworth because I felt like it's oh, now I can say I've been in a you know, I've been in a in a in a duck or a mouse thing, and uh, and that was pretty cool. A corporeal world, yes. Which character do you get an adrenaline rush? Uh, voicing Optimus Prime or Megatron? Um, a Prime is basically me. It's me, uh, it's the closest character of anything I do. That's basically me. It's gonna save the world. Come on, who's with me? You know, we can do th uh, that's that's me. Uh, it took four or five episodes to just drop into that and stop doing stuff and just be me. Uh, so um, the big sort of my career kind of just you know pumped up more when this when the beast wars went on the air because right? i had no idea this was a this this transformers thing was like a thing 
And I, I, every time I do the voice and I get asked all the time, yes, excellent. I even have the buttons. Yes. Yeah. You know, I was like, I didn't think that I would ever have a catchphrase. It's like being in a movie. When I have a catchphrase, you know, um, the first time I felt those, uh, th that, that feeling was where in very first BotCon I did. I think Peter Cullen was there. This, this is the G1, obviously, uh, before the movies were. And, and Venus Terza and I were in Rochester, Rochester, New York. And uh, we, I think maybe Corlette was there. I can't remember. There was a few of us there. And I remember and there's a massive giant hall full of people. And uh, we did a panel and somebody way at the back said, can you say excellent? I leaned and went, excellent. Yes. And the whole, the whole room went up and I went, wow, well, that's kind of powerful. <laughs> and then, and uh, see, so that's what Sammy Hagar feels like or Van Halen or like, you know, David Lee Roth. Wow. That's pretty cool. Then you go back home and you're just, you know, back to reality again. But that, that, always sends shivers uh you know megatron was one of those characters that you know i was so fortunate to be given a, an opportunity to, uh, to inhabit that character for a few minutes people say are you mad you didn't get a chance to do this and that it's a look man I, I got a chance to 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 give a uh, life to this character for for a minute and that's pretty damn cool so um that's just the nature of the nature of the business but i still get jazzed you know of meg's and of course, people say, "Would you? Would you? If you given the opportunity?" I said, "Yes, of course." My God, are you kidding me? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd hopefully do it better uh, now that I'd know more and been on the planet longer. I'd nuances and I could bring to the character. But uh, yeah, um, that's I guess it's a long answer, but Megatron. Yeah, and yeah, I grew up on uh, Transformers. I actually still have the toys from back in the day. Oh yeah, I got toys in there. I got toys in the garage. Like I said, some of the no one no one looks at, no one sees, no one's allowed to touch. Yeah, I got. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, another um, show that you voiced was Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, um, that was one of those things where I had to come in and replace Miguel Ferrar, who passed away. Um, there's a few things. Uh, Vandal Savage was one of the ones he did in Young Justice, and and the the Stretch Monster was. Uh, I think that they were finishing up, and and I had to come in for a few episodes and just, you know, I was able to. That was that's a daunting thing to come in when that happens. Um, when uh, it's just because you you, I, I just lucky I could do the voice print, but you have to perform like he's a, he's a legend, he's Hollywood royalty. So it's like, come oh, man, really. It's an opportunity, uh, of course, to expand your, you know, your repertoire, but you got to come in and do this character and this person justice. And that's a, that's a tough one. I saw, um, and Stretch Monster was, uh, you know, had certain phrases and it was, uh, and that was fun to do. The, the, the cool thing about that is I got to hang out and work with Steve Young, you know, from, uh, well, what's the new series he's in now on Netflix? It's very good. I watched it. Uh, oh, God. Um, one word I think it is I can't remember but of course he's you know Walking Dead uh, Steve Young and that was fun and Will Wheaton yeah. was in that um, but yeah in, in the Young Justice I can remember uh, uh, the Young Justice uh, thing where they would play Miguel Ferrar's voice 50,000 years of life and I was able to you know he was also a trailer guy and just he was amazing mm -hmm. I was able to just get you know had the voice print similar 
Um, but very daunting to come in and, and replace someone in that situation. Yeah. And he was yeah. such a great actor too. Oh my God. <laughs> Best character. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's just so sad. I never got a chance to work with him directly. Uh, indirectly I did, but not directly. And yeah, there's uh, a couple other uh, great actors that were in the show. Um, as you mentioned, Will Wheaton and also Tara Strong. Tiara, yeah, yeah, I saw her in Dallas. She's a close friend of mine. One of the reasons I'm at uh, my current agency and my forever agency. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's a sweetheart. Uh, it, I, uh, yeah, there's a couple shows. Well, no, I can't. No, I can't. Can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had me. No. <laughs> but uh, she's a sweetheart and so so talented. My God. What are you doing in this room? What am I doing here? Yeah, and Lacey uh, Chabert was on there too. That's right. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember who was in that day. Sometimes you know, there's not a full cast. Sometimes we're not all in. I'm in. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's great to work with people. I missed that. That's a, the the last three years has been drag doing. You know, it's great to be able to do it from here. But uh, also, I really miss being in with the with a full cast. You know, crossing my fingers we can get back to that one day. Yeah, it'll be uh, so easy now. So. Mm. The writing strike needs to end. Yeah, man. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be as much as I. Uh, oh, is that phone? Um, it'll be a, a great day when it does. Um, but I just I think it's I think we're in for a long one. I think we're we're not till the end of summer. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah, a couple of quick uh, questions and. We'll be done. All right. Sounds good. Okay. You're a busy guy at this year's Super Bowl, um, narrating a bunch of ads for the Super Bowl. Yeah. How's that? Uh, gosh, that was weird. Um, because, you know, it's always great to get one spot. It's always like, uh, hope I get a Super Bowl spot this year because, uh, you know, the audience, and it's just one of those things you put in your, your, your back pocket. And um, I ended up getting four, four spots ran uh, during, uh, just before. Uh, I was a YouTube uh, Sunday ticket, uh, NFL Sunday ticket, and the trailers for uh, for the Miller. Uh, what was, what was the, uh, the beer? Uh, gosh, it was a, uh, gosh, you're going to be mad at me. Um, it was a, a, a based on the, um, um, what was it? The, you know, the uh, Caddyshack movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a tag there for uh, did that, and there was a uh, uh, an ABC promo for Dancing with the Stars, and then soon as it ended, uh, boom, right into the trailer for Strays, uh, starring uh, Will Ferrell. So <laughs> it was pretty. I went, wow, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. bucket list. and uh, <laughs> definitely and. Uh... Yeah, Strays looks like a great movie from the trailer, and I can't wait to see it when it comes out. Yeah, me too. Strays in theaters this summer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I understand that you are a wine nerd. Um, what is your favorite kind of wine, and what is a vineyard that you've always wanted to go to but haven't had the chance to visit yet? Well, that's uh, the vineyard is a, is a DRC, uh, Domaine Romani Conti in Burgundy. Uh, I can't 
will never be able to afford a bottle of their wine unless someone gives me a taste or gives one to me. Um, but that that vineyard in Burgundy would be kind of like the Holy Grail. My favorite wine in the in, in the world is I mean I like I like all of it, but uh, favorite regions is Loire Valley in France, Cab Franc for reds and Chenin, Chenin Blancs for whites. They're both from the Loire Valley in France. That's real nerd. That's a real nerd question there. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that for I studied it and I, I have, I continue to study it. Uh, and it's for, I don't know why my mother wants to know, like, whose son am I? Where did you come <laughs> from? This is one of those things, right? It's geography, history, story. I'm reading a book about uh, wine and war, about Second World War and and uh, when the Germans came and, and they, they stole all the wine from the French and although it's an amazing story, it's unbelievable. Um, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I kind of gravitate. I'm very it interests me. I don't know. It's you drink a bottle and there's a story to 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 it and who made it. And sometimes you have some a bottle of something and those those people are long past. You know, uh, it's just interesting to me. So uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's a hobby aside from this, and I, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, cool. Thank All you, right. David. You're very welcome. Me. You're very welcome, sir. That was fun. Yeah, and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day, sir. And uh, look forward to all the great stuff uh, coming up from you in the future. Me too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right, take care. Thank all you, the best. David. Cheers. You got it. Bye. Bye. For David K., I'm Kevin Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note.